Welcome to Tech News of the Week with your host, Jolene Action Jackson the Fourth. Welcome to Teton's Nation of Wachovia. Yes, there are mountains and banks, and maybe a river runs through it. Who knows? This is our Tech News of the Week short podcast where Chris and I go over four stories that caught our eye in the headlines. And since Chris did the honor of writing the main article for our main show this week, that means I get to go first because I'm more important. Right, Chris? You're not taller. I'm not taller than you, am I? Damn it. BlackBerry stock inches up on less losses. BlackBerry, yes, that BlackBerry (laughs) saw a slight bump in their stock price after reporting on their fiscal Q2 results, showing that they had lost slightly less money this quarter than previous quarters. Yay. As someone who came up in tech during the early aughts, BlackBerry devices and their parent company, company, Research in Motion, were essentially ubiquitous. For many years, I carried a BlackBerry seated firmly in a plastic holster on my belt right next to my chain wallet. But the advent of the iPhone had all but sealed Rim's fate. And I was as shocked as anyone to discover they are still an actual company with real products. Who knew? What sector have they branched into? The IoT space with a real-time operating system and vehicle software platform named QNX and Ivy, respectively, they will be used by Mitsubishi in their forthcoming vehicles. So while you may no longer have a BlackBerry strapped to your waist, they'll still be helping to drive productivity, literally, or at least helping you drive to the urgent care facility due to the second-degree burns from your iPhone 15. Mm. Well done. Thank you. Felt good about that. Apple blames everyone but themselves for an issue that they've had for years. The iPhone 15 was recently released to much applause, some applause. A general shrug. Please, please clap. It seems like it's a fine upgrade in terms of power and camera as usual, blah, 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 blah. You can look up the specs if you want. But it also has a familiar problem. Hmm. It's overheating something fierce. Apple blames third-party apps for this, which on its face, I'm okay with. We here at Chaos Lever are extremely anti-app just as a standing rule. The website is fine, people. The website is fine. Just putting a website in an app. We can talk about PWAs later. They're actually kind of there. But the problem with Apple blaming third-party apps is that Apple has a huge history of their devices not handling heat well. Mm -hmm. People have reported the iPhone 15 devices getting as hot as 120 degrees during fast charging and proving it with infrared cameras. And applications such as Instagram, Uber, and the game Asphalt 9, while running, causing the phone to be, quote, too hot to touch. This, 
in my opinion, is the consequence of Apple's idiotic insistence on making things ever, ever, ever thinner, leaving no room for things like heat sinks. But there are many, many examples of this in the iPhone's history, including a lovely run from three to four to five to six, where people complained nonstop that the thing was too hot to handle. Mm -hmm. And of course, most annoyingly to me, the iPhone 12, which would overheat while doing something crazy like using the GPS. How dare you? Now, I am not a user experience expert by any means, but I would think that after literally a decade of this being a known issue, somebody on the engineering team would bump it up in priority. But it has like more cameras now with the megapixelars. You and want one that. of them can take pictures of your house as it burns down. <laughs> no, the phone would still be in the house. <laughs> Net neutrality making a comeback? I mean, NSYNC and Backstreet Boys are touring again, so I guess anything is possible if you wish hard enough. I mean, not me. Ticketmaster.com. Sorry, I'm not on mute. Carry hmm. on. I mean, not not us. We're we're not wishing for that. Shut up. You watch TRL too. Don't even try to fight it or deny it. Anyway, the current Democratic-dominated FCC is preparing to roll back the decision by Agit Pai to reclassify broadband in 2017 as not under the FCC's purview. Chairperson Rosenworcel? I will be able to say that name someday, is planning to reinstate the rules adopted in 2015 that classify broadband as an essential service, which means the FCC can deliver binding rules to internet service providers. While the internet apocalypse did not actually occur in the last six years, that can be attributed in part to the lawsuit that followed the change, which was only settled in 2019, and then in 2020, California rolled out its own version of net neutrality for the state, further complicating the work of ISPs to screw over the average customer. A vote to reinstate the 2015 rules will be held in mid-October, followed by a period of public comments on the proposal and then a final vote based on feedback sometime in late 2023 or early 2024. We at Chaos Lover believe that access to broadband internet is an essential service in this year of our Lord 2023, and ISPs should be treated like public utilities rather than for-profit companies. The fact that they've gorged themselves on government grants and assistance over the last 40 years while constantly breaking promises and fudging the numbers is the best evidence that they cannot be trusted to do what's in the public's best interest. In short, damn the ISPs, save the empire. Raspberry Pi 5 released. Woo. In the world of tiny, tiny, tiny cheap computers, the name that nearly everyone, even 99T people know, is Raspberry Pi. They were the first in the market, but as usually happens, that monopoly did not last long. There are a ton of competitors in the space out there now, and the Pi itself has struggled to compete. The Raspberry Pi 4 in particular did not exactly impress compared to the market, but the 5 appears to have made some significant steps forward. The device now sports compatibility for PCIe devices via an expansion port, 
CPU and GPU performance that nearly doubles the four, and an elegant and cheap design designed case that allows for a $5 cooling unit as well as device stacking. Now, the downside here is that in order to maintain that peak performance with the $5 cooling unit is basically a requirement. Mm. And also, the redesign will also make all older cases non-compatible. POE still requires another add-on, but let's be honest, y'all are not going to use POE with this thing. Plugging it into the wall, you know it, I know it, let's all move on. So, pros and cons... But it's still pretty cool for a functional computer that starts at the low, low price of $60 for the 4-gig model. The 8-gig model, which, let's be honest, is the one you are all going to buy, starts at $80. I would use PoE. I find it's actually pretty convenient if you're running a cluster. It's actually an additional $20. I'm aware of that. and But... (laughs) POE hats were available for previous versions of the Raspberry Pi. And the really convenient thing is if you were running like a four node or an eight node or a 16 node Pi cluster, you didn't also have to run power cables to all of the devices. You could do it all with just the network cable. And like, you know, depending on your requirements and whatnot, that was pretty convenient. I'm just saying. Yeah, I just feel like it's problematic that you have to pay 20% extra. It does seem like more than you should have to pay for a POE hat. But the good news is like third party ones exist for the previous version that didn't cost as much. So you can just do that. It's a matter of time before they become available for this one, too. Yeah, I imagine so. All right. That's all we have to say. You can go away now. Bye. (laughs) 